Welcome back to the Liberty on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Libertarian Tony. Well, if this is your first time listening to this show, well, thank you very much. And if you are a repeat listener, well, then I also want to say thank you for coming back and listening to each and every show. Please don't forget to visit my website when you get a chance, libertyonfire.org, where you can get the podcast directly over the internet and links to support pages for the show to help keep the lights on and for some of the products that I'm going to recommend who I happen to be an affiliate marketer for. So if you want to support the show and you're interested in some of the products that I'm helping to promote, then go to my website and either make a donation on the Patreon page, which of course will also be in the show notes, or check out some of the products I'm advertising and see what you think. But remember to click on it through my link at my website or through the show notes. If you are a social media person, well then you can also check me out on Twitter at LOF Podcast. So that's L-O-F Podcast. And please don't forget to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcast or whatever medium you're using to download and listen to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Libertarian Tony here, and this time without Joey. Uh, Joey had to go to sleep early because he does need his beauty rest. So sorry about that. I don't think he actually had a chance to watch the last debate, and this is the, uh, the I guess, the South Carolina debate. That's what they're calling it. Anyway, um, I'm going to start again with some of the polling data. Okay, so I think I don't know what numbers we had last time. It's not like I memorized these, but national polls. Let's just look at national polls. Bernie Sanders has a huge lead on Biden. Right now, Bernie Sanders is at 29.2. Joe Biden is at 18. In third is Bloomberg, 14.4. Then you have Warren at 12.4, and then Buttigieg at 10. So then if we click on the uh, South Carolina polls, and this, again, is the real clear politics average of whatever polls they get, Biden is at 31.4. Bernie Sanders is at 20.6. Now, this I do kind of remember from a week or so ago. Uh, the, the lead was only about four or five points that Biden had on Bernie. And for some reason, I don't know if it was from the debate performance, which, I mean, Joe didn't do anything spectacular to garner a better lead. Uh, anyway, um, now he's got like almost an 11-point lead. And that used to be about four or five points. So Biden, I guess, had a little bit of a resurgence in South Carolina. I don't know what that's going to do. Other than, you know, send him on to March 3rd and Super Tuesday. It's not like Biden was really going to get out of it before Super Tuesday anyway. I don't think anybody else is going to pretty much drop out before Super Tuesday. It really kind of doesn't make sense. You might as well just go and see what happens on that day when most of those delegates are, are assigned. But anyway, I just that's all I wanted to say about some of the polling. And I guess I can get into the debate now. So this time we had seven debaters. Tom Steyer was back, and again, there was no Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm going to kind of just go through this uh, almost, uh, I guess, almost chronologically, and then at the end kind of give like a, a summary take, maybe go off on a few tangents here and there on some of the topics. So let's get going. Bernie Sanders. Well, 
started out by talking about how half Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, to me, this kind of sounds more like a spending problem. Uh, I mean, Bernie Sanders wants you to think it's a it's a pay problem. He wants you to think that, oh, the corporations aren't paying people enough. Well, the corporations and businesses are, are paying people what they deserve, right? If, if they could get more, well, then they can easily go somewhere else, right? I mean, you don't... You don't really need to give a business much of a notice when you quit. I mean, most of the time, it's like two weeks. Sometimes it's longer. I think for, for doctors, it's a little bit longer sometimes. Certainly, you don't want to burn bridges with a company or, or a firm in case things don't work out at your new job. You want to go back to your old job. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, businesses have to give you a much longer notice before they fire you before you as an employee have to give them a notice right it's definitely a little lopsided there so i guess what i want to say is no matter how much you make you should be spending less than that amount every month right otherwise you're going to have a negative balance every month and you're going to go into more and more debt so again i think this is more of a spending problem bloomberg okay so uh, early on, uh, Bloomberg took a, a cheap shot at Bernie about Russian help. And this is just dumb. I mean, you've seen probably articles and things out there in the media about the Russians supposedly favoring Bernie Sanders, which is all kind of retarded. I mean, are, are we going to trust the intelligence agencies now after three years of this Russian collusion hoax where there was no collusion at all between Trump or Trump's campaign and the Russians. Now, all of a sudden, the CIA and these intelligence agencies are telling the truth and they're, they favor Bernie. I mean, come on. Does anybody really believe this at this point? I mean, if you fell for the Russian collusion hoax with Trump, okay, fine, you fell for it, but then hopefully over the past couple of years with the you know Mueller report showing no collusion and then the IG report showing all the malfeasance by the FBI at, at this point that should have at least taught you a lesson right so if you're falling forward again well I don't know what to tell you you, you just aren't very smart <sighs> let's move on um, uh, Warren went after Bernie just a little bit which I think is kind of a mistake because she can't really win without him Right, she, she she has no chance of being the Democratic nominee. I, I mean, you could pick maybe three people at this point if you want. You can pick Bernie, Buttigieg, and Bloomberg. And I really think it's either going to come down to Bernie and Bloomberg. And you know, my 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 pick is still Bernie. I think Bernie's going to end up getting the nomination. But let's move on. Uh, yeah, Warren shouldn't really be going after Bernie. Maybe. She did it just to show that she hasn't formed an alliance with Bernie yet, but then that'll, you know, maybe it's like a, an alliance she doesn't want anybody to know about yet. I don't know. I think she should she should have just come out a long time ago now and be like, hey, Bernie, I know I can't win, but I think I'd be a good VP for you, and we have a lot of the same supporters, and we would solidify our, I guess, our numbers going up against the moderates. And that, that would have been the best-case scenario for her, but... Uh, she probably didn't do that. Uh, Tom Steyer made an interesting comment, which I liked. It was, he said he's not in favor of government taking over the private sector. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
And Klobuchar said something kind of similar in the last debate. She said she favored capitalism, uh, capitalism and she uh, was not in favor or is actually worried about a socialist kind of winning the nomination. So these people aren't necessarily dumb. I think they're they're biased and dishonest. And I mean, it's not much to say that a politician is dishonest. I mean, 99% of them are dishonest, but at least they're, they're smart enough to know where the money comes from, right? Biden, he declared he's going to win South Carolina. One of the debaters said, are you going to drop out if you don't win? And so Biden just kind of yelled back at her. He's like, I'm going to win. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, I mean, he was attacked by a lot of people. And so his response was to kind of wave his hands a lot and just yell back at everybody. I don't know if it was very effective, but he, that's what he did. And uh, he fell back into his old ways of just, you know, hand-waving and yelling. Bloomberg uh, mentioned at one point that he did a good job in New York City, which, I mean, by all accounts, he probably did, and that he has a lot of black friends. So he wants everybody to know that he has a lot of black friends. Thank you. Okay, so he's pandering as well. Um, one of the, It's funny, one of the moderators kind of <clears throat> right around this time asked uh, Klobuchar and Buttigieg if Bloomberg was kind of racist or supported racist policies, and of course they both said yes. And it was interesting that Klobuchar didn't even say one word until 17 minutes into the debate, right? So, I mean, she's kind of being written off by, I don't know, the moderators or the DNC or whoever's kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes that, you know, she couldn't even get a word in until 17 minutes. Uh, and by the way, she had the shakes again. So I don't know if I saw the shakes in the last debate. They were definitely there in the past. And maybe she was taking some sort of medication or something like that. But oh yeah, her, her head was shaking all over the place during this debate. So Warren went after Bloomberg again. She talked about Bloomberg giving money to Republicans to defeat Democrats in the past. Well, okay, I mean, that's what they do, right? If you're a billionaire, you give money to everyone to influence them. I mean, this is this is a known thing of buying politicians. So I don't know. I don't know if that scored any real points because I, I don't think people are naive enough to think that uh, billionaires don't do that, right? Or they only pick one party. Uh, Bloomberg brought up 9-11. I don't know why, because it was really weird that he brought up 9-11 as, as if he was kind of the mayor during 9-11 incident, which was really Rudy Giuliani. So I don't know that that did anything for him, and it just kind of seemed way out there. Uh, Warren, again, uh, told the lie about getting fired for being pregnant and then took a swipe at Bloomberg again uh, about, you know, making up this, I don't know if it's made up, uh, this story that he supposedly told someone who was pregnant to kill their baby or abort it. Maybe that's true. Who knows? I mean, it kind of sounds like something Bloomberg would say, but I mean, she's supposedly got no evidence of it. And, you know, Bloomberg said it didn't happen. So who knows with that one? But again, they're, you know, they're taking pot shots at each other. And, uh, you know, Warren was still kind of like the Bloomberg attack dog, right? Uh, Warren, again, brought up the NDAs, the non-disclosure agreements. Uh, and then, so Bloomberg, in the last couple of days, released a few, I think three of them. Uh, and he told his company not to use non-disclosure agreements in the future. 
I, I don't know if that was a good move. I mean, I, I think this kind of looked weak. This re- kind of looked like Warren dared him to do it, and then he followed through and did it. It was kind of like when Trump dared Elizabeth Warren to get a DNA test to prove that she was an Indian, and then she went and did it, and then she posted that, oh, yeah, I'm an Indian. I'm like one one-thousandth, and then Trump was like, who cares? All right, so it, it just it, it kind of had that same similar weakness to it. Of course, Bernie talked about uh, Medicare for all again, and then everybody attacked him over it about how are you going to pay for it, and nobody believes your math. And I mean, those are legitimate attacks because there really is no way to pay for the amount of spending that Bernie wants. I mean, Elizabeth Warren's in the same camp. Right, the amount of money they want to spend on everything is just impossible. There's not enough money, probably in the world, to pay for all these things. So certainly not enough in the United States to pay for it all. Uh, and then, oh, one other thing I noticed, which is kind of weird, and this is, I know, uh, an odd tangent, but uh, Tom Steyer shakes his head a lot when he talks. He, he kind of bobs it up and down like a bird. I don't know if you've noticed that, but that was really odd. So somewhere along the way, It was brought up that 40 Democrats were put in place and Bloomberg was responsible for a bunch of them who paid like $100 million to get them in there. Well, doesn't that kind of tell you that you can buy elections? I mean, isn't that admitting it right there that if you have enough money, you can get someone elected and then they're they're in your pocket, right? I mean, doesn't that just kind of seal the deal with that uh, argument? I wrote down this line because it was really weird. Again, it was, a, it was another Bidenism. Biden talked about hog-tying young men. And I'm not too sure how that needs to ever come up in a casual conversation at all, or let alone a debate, about hog-tying young men. Okay, but that, that's Biden. That, that's your former vice president. So, I mean, by this point... The moderators have completely lost control in a debate, right? The, the, everybody's talking over each other. They're yelling at each other. Bernie's waving his hands. Uh, everybody's going over their time limit. So I don't know. It, it was The last debate was much more entertaining than this one. This one was kind of overall just blah, and it kind of looked like, like a shit show. So uh, anyway, let's just keep going. Uh, guns came up as a topic. And again, Biden had another huge gaffe here. Biden said 150 million people died from guns since 2007. I mean, even Bernie Sanders rolled his eyes at this, right? I mean, come on, 150. I mean, obviously he made a mistake, but he makes these mistakes all the time. I mean, recently he forgot what he was running for, what office. He said Senate in some kind of speech, and he meant he meant president. And then a week before that, he forgot what state he was in again. So, I mean, is this person fit to be in office? It just, just doesn't seem like it. I mean, at all. They, they talked about ending the gun show loophole. Okay, I mean, they all talk about that. There really isn't much of a gun show loophole. So what, what's, that, what's the gun, gun show loophole? I guess we, I could talk about it real quick. So let's say you go to a gun show, and I've been to several gun shows. You go to a gun show, and you want to buy a gun from a dealer. Well, then you still need to get a background check, right? So there's no loophole there. But if you want to buy a gun from a private person at the uh, gun show, 
well then supposedly you don't need a background check unless it's mandated by law. And then that's where state laws kick in. So some states already have a law against a private citizen selling a gun to another private citizen. Okay, so a lot of the, this gun show loophole thing that they keep talking about hardly exists around the country. Most states, or a lot of them, have gotten rid of it. And there, there's no evidence at all that ending that loophole is going to fix anything, right? I mean, most of the gun crime in your big cities is gang-related violence, drug-related violence. Those kids shouldn't even have guns in the first place because they probably all have rap sheets, Okay, so they get all their guns illegally anyway. They don't need to go to a, a gun show and advertise, hey, I'm here to buy a gun, right? Okay, it's kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, so other than Biden making that gaffe, I mean, he's kind of stuttering and slobbering a little bit. He looked confused. Mis he misspoke a lot, uh, I mean, other than what I wrote down. I mean, I, I, could just, I just can't believe he's still in the lead in South Carolina. I mean, what are these people thinking? I mean, how do you watch these debates and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my guy. I, I just don't get it. Uh, Klobuchar talked about hunting and the Second Amendment. I mean, the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting, okay? The Second Amendment is not about hunting. Second Amendment is about protecting yourself, not from necessarily other people, although, yes, that, that's a good reason to have a gun. It's about protecting yourself from your government, Okay, think about it. You had the founding generation just got all over this huge war with, with Britain, and they wanted to be able to defend themselves against any new tyrant that came into power. And they, they were fearful, right? They didn't really want to form a new union. That's why they were all separate states, right? And then it took a while. It took a long time for the Constitution to be put in place because the states kind of came along reluctantly, and then eventually they ratified it, but it took a lot of convincing. I don't think any of the states would have signed without the Bill of Rights. So you had the Constitution, which was completely separate from the Bill of Rights, and then a bunch of states demanded a, a certain, you know, set of Bill of Rights that was even stronger about limiting uh, the power of the general government, because they were so afraid of some new dictator taking over. So the Second Amendment, again, has nothing to do with hunting. It all has to do with that people, if they want, if, if they, there's a need, they're allowed to take up arms against their government. Okay? That's what it's for. Uh, Tom Steyer again admitted that, uh, and this is funny, so Tom Steyer was honest more often than he probably should have been during this debate. He admitted that corporations have bought Washington, D.C. Now, I'm not too sure that most of the politicians want that getting out. I mean, it's probably well known, but hey, you know, do you really want to repeat it in front of millions of people watching the debate? Uh, he also talked about term limits. I mean, we're supposed to have term limits that nobody follows. So, okay, maybe if you put in some real uh, term limits uh, that couldn't be pushed aside, I guess that would be a good thing. Get some new blood in there, but I don't think that's really going to fix anything. Uh, we moved on to schools. And then, you know, Bloomberg supposedly has a decent record on schools in New York City and mentioned that, you know, charter schools might not work everywhere. Well, okay, it's hard for him to distance himself from a program that actually worked, but that the Democratic Teachers Union won't support, right? 
because they need this union support in order to win. But, you know, you have charter schools, which have done amazing things across the country and, you know, did some great things in New York City. So he's, this is a tricky rope for him to walk, okay? Uh, Warren wants to end testing in schools, which I thought was weird because she also wants to put $800 billion more into schools. Okay, well, I mean, if you want to look at money and test scores, I mean, you can go back to the 70s, right? And you look at the test scores, you know, compared to other nations, our test scores are flat compared to the 70s. But the amount of money that we've been putting into schools goes up and up every year. So, I mean, are we getting a bang for our buck return there? I don't think so, right? I mean, if there was any company out there that was putting more and more money into something, into a program, and the results were flat, you would probably call that a failure, right? And you would want to try something different. That would, that would be my guess. That sounds like common sense to me. Of course, universal child care came up again, and college and universities, you know, uh, education free for everybody again. I mean, these people have no way of paying for all this. I mean, the main reason that college is unaffordable now is because of government getting involved. I mean, what's going to happen when government is just writing the check directly to the university? Is that price tag going to go down? I mean, I, I highly doubt it. Moderators moved on and talked about, um, uh, with Klobuchar specifically, about maybe some what's her policy for affordable housing. And of course, she had to respond, I have an extensive policy for this, and more. she wants more Section 8 housing. But, you know, this, this is a problem. The, the president and the members of Congress really have no business interfering in this part of the economy. The last time they interfered, we got the housing crisis and the Great Recession of 2008. Okay, government should stay out of this. This should be a market phenomenon, right? If people need to get loans for their homes, well, that's what banks are for, okay? You, don't, you, you shouldn't be getting your loan from the government or guaranteed for by the government. Warren took the opportunity to take another swipe at Bloomberg here, and then she said that Bloomberg blamed the housing crisis on black and brown people. I don't know if that's true, but hey, it maybe scored a point for her and took a point off of Bloomberg. I mean, Bloomberg called her out on it and said it was a lie. Somehow we moved into, you know, the entire country is racist and Tom Steyer, of course, wants to give blacks reparations. I mean, there was so much pandering to blacks. It was just really kind of pathetic. You got to get that black vote, right? They're all basically freaked out, or at least, you know, the pundits and the DNC people are freaked out about the amount of support that Trump is getting from blacks. If the Democrats don't have the black vote, well, then they can't win. It's zero chance of them winning if they don't have the black vote. So, you know, if Trump gets a certain percentage, and who knows what that percentage is, 10%, 15 20 well, then he's guaranteed re-election. And no matter what program or idea these debaters had up on stage, Every single one just requires more and more tax dollars, right? I don't think there was anything they even talked about all night that didn't require more of your money to pay for it, right? And it's always, it's always the, the rich guy's money, right? So if you earn $50,000 a year, well, then naturally, you know, you, you don't think you should be taxed anymore. You, you want that guy that makes $100,000 to be taxed more. 
And then the guy that makes $100,000, he's like, no, 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 I don't make enough money. I'm just barely getting by. Text the guy who's making $250,000. And then the guy who's making $250,000 is like, oh, I'm you know, just barely paying all the bills and putting the kids through school here. I don't have, really have much money for myself. Text the guy who's making a million dollars. And on and on and it goes, right? So, yes. Uh, all these programs are just more ways of separating you from your money. So the criminal justice system was brought up, and I think this is a legitimate gripe. They, they called it racist, which I guess, you know, is it, it kind of is maybe in some way because it kind of targets minorities, especially on the nonviolent drug offenses. I mean, this is going to change organically anyway uh, with marijuana becoming uh, legal in most states and probably across the country. I mean, Trump is already helping in this area. Uh, Bernie wants to completely legalize it across the country, which means just not federally prosecute it. Well, I have a few commercials for you guys. I'm an affiliate marketer for several different companies, which I do recommend if you're interested in such products. And you have my word that I'm only going to promote stuff that I actually use and that I actually think is a great value. So I want to tell you a little bit about Captivate FM. I use Captivate FM as my podcast hosting platform, and it's probably the best podcast hosting platform there is. Captivate is said to be the apple of podcast hosting, and the value is certainly undeniable. And you can get seven free days just for trying it out. I host my podcast through Captivate, which is the world's only growth-oriented podcast host, and you can too. Next up is the McClanahan Academy. So this is at McClanahanAcademy.com, and that's M-C-C-L-A-N-A-H-A-N. And a little bit about Brian McClanahan, who created this academy. He's an author of six books and a renowned historian. He got his Ph.D. in history at the University of South Carolina. He has written numerous articles for many websites and magazines. He has nine courses for sale right now on his website covering pre- and post-Civil War American history. And he's a fantastic historian and will give it to you straight. And the next product I want you to check out is called Liberty Classroom. And you can go to libertyclassroom.com to take a look. And you can get the history and economics they didn't teach you in school. Several fantastic historians and economists have courses on this site, which you can play over the internet or through a phone app on such topics as philosophy, American history, Western civilization, the American presidents, and the interesting connection between science fiction and liberty. You can also get courses on history of economic thought, current economic thought, and remember, this is the true history you didn't get in school without the political correctness that we all love to hate. And please remember, if you're going to try out any of these products, I only get credit if you click on one of them through either my website or through the show notes on my podcast. Okay, now let's get back into the show. The feds really shouldn't have anything to do with any medication or drug whatsoever, right? It, this should all be at the state level. The fact that now we have drugs that are illegal according to the federal government but legal in states that leads to problems, right? That leads to the states and the general government headbutting on things. Uh, drugs were never mentioned in the Constitution. This is not something that the federal government has any purview over at all. And you remember the Tenth Amendment, the whole idea of the Tenth Amendment was that anything not mentioned in the Constitution is up to the, the states to decide, right? So, yeah, again, all drugs should be a state issue, right? 
So this way you can have different experiments in different states. Some states might try legalizing all drugs, and other states might try just legalizing marijuana. And then you can compare and contrast which states are doing well, which states are handling the drug problem better than others. And you can actually change the way you do things based on evidence, right? You can look at other states for evidence and bring that to your state if you think it's going to make your state better. But when you make it illegal across the board from the federal government and you take the power away from the states, well, then you kind of shoot that whole federalism argument in the foot, don't you? And I found this kind of odd. Bernie Sanders actually wants to help minorities sell marijuana. Yeah, he actually said this. He wants to give them taxpayer money to start businesses for selling weed, which, I mean, I can't, I don't know, it's kind of retarded, right? I, I think if you... Uh, you want to decriminalize marijuana or legalize it. That's one thing. But I don't think the government should be giving money to people to start a weed business. So I was happy that foreign policy was finally brought back into the discussion. Uh, it was completely omitted from the last debate. And, uh, I mean, Warren came out and said that we need a strong military and you can't use your military to solve problems that the military can't solve. Well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But that was, that's just kind of like a, a blanket common sense statement without, you know, committing to bringing troops home or ending wars, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess anybody can make those statements, but without holding a strong position of ending these, you know, wars in the Middle East, I mean, you can kind of go back on your word pretty easy, right? Bloomberg talked about uh, not pulling troops back from overseas. He says that we need to keep troops overseas to fight terrorism. Well, I mean, we've been doing that for 20 years. I mean, what progress have we made? Uh, Buttigieg says he wants to restore the credibility of the United States. I mean, whatever that means. Buttigieg talked about expanding an intelligence networks overseas. Well, go figure, right? This is the, the guy that the intelligence community hatched and he actually wants to expand the intelligence community. Hmm, okay. They kind of touched on the coronavirus and the CDC a little bit, and everybody was blaming Trump, and I don't know how you can blame Trump for the coronavirus, but anyway, that the virus is going to make it around the world, and we will have cases throughout the United States. I don't think it's going to be bad in the United States. It's probably not going to be anywhere near as contagious or as deadly as the flu in the United States. But yes, we will have cases here and it's probably going to exist in a bunch of states, but we're going to do a much better job than China will at quarantining people and uh, keeping uh, the rest of the population safe. And we'll have, we have better medical facilities. So I'm overall, I'm not, I'm not that worried about the coronavirus infecting people in the United States. It, it's going to have more of an effect on the economy because a lot of supply chains go through China. And if China is going to take a big economic hit from this coronavirus and factories not being open, well, then that's going to affect every nation on the planet, right? I mean, anything you look at uh, that you buy, I mean, it says made in China on the back of it, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's we're, we're going to possibly enter an economic recession later in the year because of this coronavirus and what it has done to China. And then, you know, Trump will have his excuse for 
uh, getting the Fed to lower interest rates more because we'll, we'll, need, we'll need that stimulus because of the recession caused by coronavirus in China. And that's, that's probably what he's going to say. But yeah, it, it's, it's a big deal as far as the economy. It, every economy is going to take a hit, especially China's. But as far as it being a deadly virus here in the United States, I mean, right now, I, I just don't think there's anything to worry about. So the uh, coronavirus issue kind of dovetailed into, you know, what would Biden do to handle China? And this is just kind of weird Biden stuff. I mean, he said he, he'd call them up and he'd say, uh, we're coming in. You better open up. And I'd make it clear to them, you have to play by the rules. I, I don't know, uh, Joe, I don't think that's necessarily going to work. But you, you certainly said it loud enough during the debate. And I think everybody would have heard you without a microphone. So... Yeah, just because you're you're yelling doesn't mean it's actually a sound policy and that it actually means anything. So some more foreign policy talk went on. Biden talked about like what would he do if the Russians interfered in the 2020 election? He, he kind of said I'd make them pay for it. He wants more sanctions on Russia. Didn't say anything about invading them, thank God, but anyway, I don't know what that means, make them pay for it. Uh, Tom Steyer wants to you know, do some sort of cyber warfare on Russia. Um, and he still believes in the Russia collusion hoax. So, you know, obviously he's an idiot. But these people have to believe that because they've been talking about it for three years and they can't come back out now and say, oh, yeah, it was a hoax. We were tricked. I mean, because then they would look really dumb. But anyway, they moved on to Israel. So uh, they specifically talked to Bernie about supporting Israel. And uh, Bernie, I think, did okay on this. He called out Bibi Netanyahu, which was good because, I mean, Bibi hasn't really been good for peace in that area of the world at the moment. I mean, Bibi uh, has only escalated things with the Palestinians and made a two-state solution less possible and less achievable by what he's doing over there. I mean, there are plenty of Israelis who don't like Bibi. Right? He just barely uh, won his last election. So, yeah, however or millions of people do like Bibi, there are lots of people who don't like him. And, yeah, they think he's probably taking the country in the wrong direction. I thought Warren was also pretty good on Israel. She talked about the two-state solution and it not being up to the United States to decide how it turns out. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, it's not, it's not our backyard. This is not something... We should be involved in. We can get involved if both sides agree that they want us involved. I mean, obviously, Israel wants us involved. But then we put the thumb on the scale of Israel. And we completely disregard uh, what the Palestinians want. And then they don't trust the whole process because it's obvious that we're supporting just one side. right? So that's why it's like it's better if these two groups of people work out their own problems by themselves don't involve the United States, and we shouldn't be sticking our big nose in there in the first place. The moderators brought up North Korea. What Trump did with North Korea was great, right? At least he went over there and shook the guy's hand. It was a photo op. Okay, fine. But at least he visited. They had talks. They didn't come to any sort of agreement. But hey, he's the first president to have been there in many, many years. So that's a start. Right? If you're at least having a conversation with a country and you're starting relations with them, then you're, you're less likely to bomb them and then they're less likely to bomb you. Right? So yes, any diplomacy is better than war. 
Uh, Biden kind of gave the same answer in North Korea as he did with China. He said, I would call them up, and I would call up China, and I would be clear, and I would tell them, we're going to act in North Korea to protect ourselves and prevent them from launching missiles and take them down. Well, I mean, what the hell does that mean? He he wants to start World War III by bombing one of the poorest countries on the planet? I mean, there's a reason why people in North Korea are like a foot shorter than the people in South Korea. They have the same genetics, but they have no food. These people are starving. I mean, look, look at the, uh, the leaders. He's eating everything. He's, he's huge. But the people are starving. So it, these people have no technology, no money, and they somehow have nuclear weapons. Okay, well, why would you pick a fight with them? I mean, they're, they're like a meaningless country, and they, haven't, they still haven't bombed anybody. They're launching missiles into the ocean, right? They're just making these bombastic threats but not doing anything. They've been doing that for years. That's their playbook, right? They do that in order to stir up controversy and get aid from foreign countries. I thought this was kind of interesting. There was a basically a CIA-written question for the CIA operative Buttigieg. So the moderator talked about Syria and Russia killing people in Syria. And Buttigieg's answer was that I would change the balance of power in the region. Never really says how or what this means. But, I mean, isn't that what we kind of tried to do out there in the first place? And we ended up with ISIS, right? What does he mean by change the balance of power? Constantly intervening in the Middle East is exactly what the CIA would love to do, right? This is a perfect question for, you know, the deep state are running for president, uh, Buttigieg. Warren was kind of sane on this uh, point. She said she wouldn't send the military in. None of the other candidates really had anything more interesting to say on the whole Syria thing. And then the debate kind of just died from there. I think that was one of the last topics. So I guess my closing remarks, what am I going to say at this point? Well, Bloomberg, he did better than last time, but still was just okay. No charisma, He's spending loads of money, but still, overall, he's not that likable. Uh, Bernie Sanders, I mean, he was attacked from all sides. He tried to fight back, and he he did okay for what Bernie can do. Uh, Lots of hand-waving and yelling. Uh, But, I mean, what's going to happen if the DNC steals it from him and gives it to Bloomberg? I mean, is he going to be a pussy again and just go out and support Bloomberg if they steal it from him and give it to Bloomy? Remember after Hillary stole it from Bernie? He lost his backbone and he endorsed her for president. I don't think the Bernie bros are going to go along with this. I still think it's going to be harder for Trump to beat Bernie than beat Bloomberg because there are more Bernie supporters than there are Bloomberg supporters. Bloomberg doesn't really fit into this modern democratic platform the way it has moved so far to the left. Warren spent most of the night basically attacking Bloomberg again. And I mean, because she kind of went after the others a little bit too. But overall, I mean, she did nothing to really increase her numbers or get her message accepted by the voters. I mean, her campaign is probably dead after Super Tuesday. I mean, it's basically dead now. But I mean, who's going to keep giving her money after March 3rd? I mean, I don't think anybody. It doesn't make sense at that point, right? I mean, Buttigieg was just okay. I mean, he did well going after Bernie a few times. 
Um, it was overall, it was another well-coached and well-rehearsed performance, but it shows. You can tell he memorized a bunch of talking points because the, his delivery just isn't that spirited. And I don't think it was a mistake that he was asked like two questions that looked like they were written by John Brennan or someone else in the CIA. And Buttigieg, the way he is, he ends up saying a lot without actually saying anything. I mean, he's a, a really good politician that way. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's like videos on uh, Twitter, probably on YouTube, floating around comparing uh, a Obama speech to a speech that uh, Buttigieg has given. And they're not word-for-word copies, but it almost looks like it was the same speechwriter or someone took Obama's speech and just kind of changed a few words and gave it to uh, Buttigieg to memorize. I mean, it's really creepy. And already, I don't know if you've seen this part, but Saturday Night Live and a bunch of others on the internet are kind of calling him the white Obama. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he kind of is using Obama's mannerisms and a lot of his kind of speech material in the speeches he gives. Klobuchar, uh, there's just not much to say about her. It was kind of like, blah, 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 shake my head a little bit, blah, blah, blah. She's just not that interesting. I mean, she seems nice. But she has no chance unless she's on somebody's VP ticket. So, yeah, I think if she wants to keep going, she needs to form an alliance. So Joe Biden, yeah, I mean, he made another huge gaffe. He looked confused at times. I mean, he was, he was funny at times as well. And he was the typical creepy old stuttering Uncle Joe, right? I mean, not a spectacular debate, but the standards used for Biden are set pretty low nowadays. I mean, if he doesn't screw up huge, then his team considers it a big win. So he'll probably win South Carolina, but if he doesn't, then he's basically done. Tom Steyer, there's just not much to say here. I I, I don't even know why he's up there. I mean, is it like a legacy thing or like a narcissistic thing that he wants to run for president? To be honest, I think he's just bored. He has lots of money. Doesn't feel like traveling overseas or playing golf in Florida. So he's like, hey, I'll just run for president. As soon as Bloomberg came in, Bloomberg started polling higher than Tom anyway. So, I mean, you only really need one billionaire in a primary, right? So at this point, it's kind of hard to say who won other than Trump. I think Bloomberg, Bernie Sanders, and Buttigieg did better than the other four. Um, who lost? Well, I mean, the moderators basically lost. I mean, they kind of sucked, but nobody really cares about the moderators. Okay, guys, thank you for listening, and let's remember to keep those fires of liberty burning bright. <laughs> <laughs>